Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the Locked On Islanders Podcast, recording this just Minutes after the Islanders defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-3 to to get back into the series. It's now two games to one, and the Islanders still with a pulse, a gutsy win, showing again this team's resilience. Wasn't always pretty, but the Islanders managed to get it done, and we will break it all down for you and talk a little bit about Game 4. Four coming up on Sunday afternoon as well. If you want to chime in, you got a question, a comment, a topic that's Islanders related that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email the show, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from. We're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles and follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars. N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. I, Islanders, with the 5-3 win, it was a uneven but gutsy performance by the Islanders. Led 1-0 on the goal by Cal Clutterbuck, but Sergachev came back, tied it up uh, three and a half minutes later, and it was 1-1 after two. Islanders in that first period playing way too wide open. And they cannot afford to allow that many shots on goal and trade chances with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they were fortunate in a lot of ways to get out of that first period, even at 1-1. And part of the reason, strong goaltending in this game and really throughout this game by Simeon Varlamov, Varley really doing a good job in goal, uh, and look, he didn't have it easy. The Islanders giving up 37 shots in this game, including uh, 14 in the first period. It was 16-14 Islanders, the shots, but that's not the game the Islanders really want to play. The second period was a better one for the Islanders. They were outshot 11-10, but getting goals from Adam Pellick, his first, and Anthony Bevilier, his ninth, off a nice pass by Brock Nelson, and it was 3-1 to one Islanders heading in to that third period, and you got the feeling that, you know, the Islanders had the momentum, but this game would be far from over under the circumstances. The way that the Lightning play, and the fact that they are such a big, physical team that comes at you again and again, 
you knew that the Islanders were not home free. And unfortunately, there was just a feeling that the Islanders might just let off, you know, take their foot off the gas, so to speak. And unfortunately, that is what they ended up doing in the third period. And it really hurt them. Uh, One big problem, by the way, throughout this game. And it's something that this team needs to address and address right away, is the power play. The power play has been uh, poor throughout this series, and, you know, it really cost them in Game 2, which we talked about at length. And then today in Game 3, again, Islanders had a number of chances with the extra skater and were just unable to convert on any of them. And not only did they not convert, they really didn't get a lot of quality chances. And it seems like, in general, the Islanders are hesitating uh, a little too much, not taking quick shots when they get the opportunity, and overpassing the puck on the power play especially. So that is something that this team is going to have to work on if they hope to win this series. Because, look, you cannot allow... uh, Chances like that to slip away and expect to beat a good team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in early in the third period, uh, a, a foolish penalty by Eberly, and just two and a half minutes in, Andre Palat ends up with a power play goal, his seventh of the postseason, and it's cut to three to two. And that's the one thing the Islanders just couldn't afford to do. You don't want to take that penalty. And you don't want to allow, when you're trying to cling to that two-goal lead in a in a playoff game late, you don't want to end up giving up a power play chance and giving up a goal just two and a half minutes in to a 20-minute period that you're hanging on for dear life. So that didn't play out well. And then you sort of felt uh, after that that the Lightning were putting on pressure. And it was, you know, the goal itself was controversial. Did Tyler Johnson stick? Was it above the crossbar or not when he scored the goal? It was very, very close. A couple of angles, it looked like it was high. A couple of angles, I wasn't so sure. And I think it was just not definitive enough for the referees to overturn the call on the ice, which was that it was a good goal. But either way, you could feel the Islanders, the two or three minutes before that goal, the momentum was squarely in the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they were pressuring the Islanders' goal again and again and again. And, you know, Varlamov came up with a lot of good saves, but couldn't stop that one. And, you know, the Islanders looked deflated at that point, and it really didn't look good for this hockey team. The momentum belonged to the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Islanders looked a little slow. Uh, It was almost like the Lightning were playing at 78 RPM and the Islanders were still at 33 and a third. But to their credit, the Islanders managed to regroup. And we'll talk about that and look ahead to game four. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. 
So the Islanders did, to their credit, manage to regroup with, uh, you know, about five and a half minutes left in the game. You had Adam Pellick with some good hustle to cause an icing to be called against the Lightning. And then the Islanders sort of turned it on a little bit. For the first time in maybe seven or eight minutes, they got sustained pressure in the Tampa Bay zone. And then it was Anthony Bevilier making a very pretty blind pass to Brock Nelson. Uh, Bailey set it up with a nice feed to Bevilier, kept the puck in the zone. Bevilier with the beautiful pass, and Nelson does not make a mistake. With 16.35 left, the Islanders took, I mean, excuse me, 16.35 into the period with 3.25 left, the Islanders took a lead. Uh, Lightning pulled their goalie with a little more than a minute and a half to go, and then eventually... Jean-Gabriel Pajot gets his eighth of the playoffs, Bailey with his 17th assist of the playoffs, and the Islanders win 5-3. Little cheap shot, by the way. Uh, after the goal, Kucherov giving, uh, you know, he was called for a penalty as Pajot was skating in. He hacked Pajot two, maybe three times, and then after Pajot scores the goal, uh Certainly a lot of frustration on the part of Kucherov, but gave him a cheap shot. And, you know, a lot of fights in this game, especially after the Islanders uh, scored goals. Didn't understand uh, necessarily all of that. But at the end of the day, uh, Matt Martin in the closing seconds with a little scrum out there uh, goes with Goudreau. And at the end of the day, the New York Islanders, Martin sends a message to Goudreau, the Islanders show that they're going to stand up for themselves, and more importantly, the Islanders skate away with a 5-3 win. Reasons for this win, uh, number one, has got to be Varlamov, number two, the Islanders certainly showing resilience in this game, and that is comforting. 31 saves, by the way, uh, uh, 34 saves, excuse me, for Simeon Varlamov in this game. Uh, Brock Nelson, Anthony Bevilier, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, each with a goal and an assist. Josh Bailey, as we mentioned, with the two helpers as far as shots on goal. Bailey and Clutterbuck leading the Islanders with five hits. Seven for Uncle Leo. Leo Kamarov with the seven hits. Block shots, four for Nick Letty. And, you know, Andy Green, only 15 minutes, 53 seconds out there. Michael Dalcole, 9.54, was the low man for the forwards. Uh, Scotty Mayfield, 22.05, led all Islanders in ice time. And it was Brock Nelson leading the forwards in ice time with 19 minutes, 25 seconds. No Casey Sezikis in this one. So Broussard and Dalcole in the lineup. No Casey Sezikis, but the... Islanders ended up with Pajot centering Clutterbuck and Martin, and then Broussard, Kamarov, and Dalcole really became the de facto fourth line. Islanders get the job done when they needed to, stumbled a bit, didn't play their game in the first period, didn't really shut down the Lightning, gave them too many chances, but even after giving up two goals in the third period to blow that lead, the Islanders find a way and regroup 
and end up with a very important 5-3 win. Now it's a series. It's two games to one. Game four coming up Sunday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon is the starting time. And look, between you and me, if the Islanders can't get their power play going at some point soon, they are going to struggle to defeat a team with more talent, more size, uh, and and maybe even a little bit more physicality than the New York Islanders. They need this power play to catch fire and to get going. They also need more from Jordan Eberle. And you know what? Uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, even though Matthew Barzal had an assist in this game and didn't play poorly, he continues to just move around and circle with the puck. It's it's like he has this one move that he likes to do, and against the Lightning, it really hasn't worked very well. He's got to make the smart play and the safe play and take, you know, make the fake and try to, you know, deke two or three guys only when it's really available, and, and more often than not against Tampa Bay, it isn't available. So he's got to wake up. Anders Lee uh, also... Not as big a force. He had one pretty good chance, but got there a little too late to get to the rebound. Lee uh, had three shots on goal. Eberle one, Barzal three. Uh, you need uh, Barzal two. Excuse me. You need a little bit more production from that top line. The B and B line really coming up big. Nelson, Bavillier, and Bailey again getting the job done. The penalty kill was pretty good. The goaltending very good. But the Islanders need to stabilize their game. They, they need to play more like they did in Game 2, except they need to finish and be better on the power play. But you know what? Uh, criticisms aside, it's a series now, and the Islanders happy to be where they are uh, as far as back in this series. And rest assured, regardless of the outcome, this will not be an easy out. Either team... Uh, is going to fight to the finish. Tampa Bay will not go down easily. The Islanders are not going to go down easily. And we should have a very exciting rest of the series. That's going to do it for this special edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back uh, very early Monday morning. Uh, usually our shows drop a little after midnight. Uh, and, you know, if you're a night owl, the show is there for you before you go to bed. If you're an early riser, it's waiting for you every Monday through Friday morning. Uh, so we will always have a day-to-day -day Islanders podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Gil Martin. Hope you enjoyed this special mini Islander, uh, Locked On Islanders podcast. Isles are back in the series. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks. We'll be back after the game Sunday night. And of course... Let's go Islanders.